We'll, uh, we'll make a start now. We're actually uh, still waiting for uh, one of the uh, panelists to arrive, um, but uh, hopefully that will uh, happen fairly shortly. Um, uh, in the meantime, I'll, I'll just wanted to uh, thank Nicholas for, for the invitation again. I've uh, been with Nicholas in Athens for eight of the last 10 years, so I'm, I'm very pleased to be here on the auspicious occasion of the, the 10th anniversary for Capital Link, so thank you very much for that. Uh, my name is uh, Jason Chohan. I'm a partner at Hill Dickinson here in uh, Athens in Piraeus. Um, Hill Dickinson is a, uh, a law firm that's been here for 25 years and notwithstanding Brexit, hopefully another 25 years to come as well. Um, I will just uh, now very briefly introduce uh, the panelists that we have and hopefully Franz will join us fairly shortly. Um, we have a, a, an excellent panel uh, today, and just to introduce everyone uh, very briefly, we have Danai Kotsia from ABN AMRO, uh, Vasilis Maroulis from City, uh, Franz van der Bosport will hopefully be joining us shortly from DVB, and actually, uh, in, a, in a slight change to the, the scheduled program, uh, we actually have Baron Passman from DMB. Um, I was going to make a joke about uh, a last-minute transfer, syndication, sub-participation, sub but uh, I was advised against it, and I promise not to make any more finance jokes for the rest of the panel. Um, with that, we'll uh, go straight ahead, uh, and I think we'll start with a nice, easy question. Um, and as usual, I think we'll start with an overview from, from each of the bankers on the panel as to how the previous year uh, went for each bank. and how each bank sees 2019 uh, and the year ahead. Denai. Thank you, Jason. Uh, 2018 was uh, 2018 was a good year for ABN AMRO. Uh, we continued with the expansion of our loan portfolio and we, were, we did not face any significant issues that allowed us to generate a healthy return. Uh, for 2019, ABN AMRO as well as um, all other financial institutions that uh, fall under the supervision of ECB are expected to be faced with a number of challenges. Uh, such challenges include uh, the implementation of Basel IV, the IFRS 9, and uh, the increased supervision we see from the regulator, not only on the capital side, but also on the compliance side. Albeit these uh, challenges and on the positive side, ABN AMRO will continue to remain active in ship finance, uh, aiming to maintain its role as one of the leading European banks. Uh, focus will be primarily on the existing cl uh, clients, uh, without, however, excluding the possibility of expanding our client base. Uh, currently, the bank is uh, examining all parameters, and it's uh, making investments, and it's taking any step necessary in order to create a future-proof bank, as we call it, uh, steps that... Uh, will not only address the issues of the past, but uh, they are expected to allow the bank to remain active for the years to come. Thank you. And uh, on, on that, I think one of the, the things to note that everyone on the, on the panel today has certainly been a supporter of uh, finance and certainly ship finance in, in Greece for the last uh, 10 years, 10 years being uh, the, the, the anniversary of Capital Link. And uh, I would like to think that uh, for another 10 years to come as well, Hopefully, yes. And uh, I'll pass the question down to Vasilis. Thank you. Um, I think uh, 2018 was 
a good year. I mean, we clearly Citibank uh, has its issues, and uh, the, we have surpassed the the, the financial crisis, uh, which was a decade ago. Um, so we have continuously been growing the portfolio for a number of years. And uh, this will continue to happen, uh, of course, being extremely selective with regards to clientele, but ultimately the growth of the portfolio will continue in an accelerated manner. With regards to um, the, the segments, I think I'm cautiously optimistic. I think even on the dry side, which you know, has seen a, a precipitous uh, fall in rates, uh, um, in 2019, I think uh, hopefully will be something that balances out. And all the other segments, you know, tankers, LNG, even, you know, containers, you know, it's, it's a cautiously optimistic sort of landscape, of, uh, of course, with the exception of offshore. So as a result, I think the bank is, is, is in a view or expansionary mode. I think we clearly have uh, regulatory, uh, a regulatory regime for all banks, which is uh, very specific, extremely tight, but at the same point in time, uh, City being a U.S. institution has, has gone through all, everything that I think many of the European banks are going through, we've gone through this uh, a decade ago. So therefore, uh, you know, we, we, we are in a, in a phase where I think we know how the landscape is and therefore can navigate around it to a position to effectively assist our clients in, in growth and anything else that they need. Thank you, Vasilis. And uh, Franz, if you manage to catch your breath, I'll pass the question to you now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, unlike our uh, colleagues from uh, Avian Amro and uh, Citibank, of course at DVB we have no issues at all, uh, apart from the small fact that we are for sale. Um, I think 2018 uh, was a, uh, as, go as good year as it can get for us. Um, we, we did about 1.6 billion of new deals, uh, of which uh, about 30% in Greece. Greece is uh, by far our uh, most important and largest part of the portfolio. Um, as some of you know, we are the second largest uh, lender in, uh, in, uh, in, in Greece with, with a lot of uh, good and loyal, loyal clients. In terms of 2019, um, we, we, we have a budget, uh, less than in the past, um, but we, our shareholders still support us very well. Um, we're open for new business. Um, we hope to do the same as we did last year. For DVB, where we are in the cycle, uh, as, a, as, a, as a shipping bank, uh, soon to be our own, re own remaining activity, after we have sold off the uh, land transport and uh, aviation activities, um, we try to be cyclical neutral. For us, it's more important that we choose the right counterpart and, uh, and, and finance the right assets depend, and, and, and not so much where we are in the cycle. Thank you. Uh, well, for DNB, uh, we went in 2017 and 18 through a kind of a program to kind of rebuild our, our capital base. And last year, we actually kind of successfully managed to meet all our return targets. Um, if 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 you look at trends in deals done, I must say it was like the majority 
were um, second-hand financings, uh, either uh, purchasing new, uh, either purchasing other second-hand vessels, refinancings, taking other banks out, uh, but also a number of scrubber financings. Looking for 2000, uh, 2019, uh, there's a yeah, very good pipeline, there's uh, quite some deals in uh, documentation stages, so this promises to be a good year as well. Okay, thank you. And I think even actually from a, a, a small panel of banks, it's quite interesting how there's actually a very different perspective uh, as, as you do go um, you know, from, from bank to bank and the different views, the different problems uh, being faced, which also actually leads me quite nicely on to the next question, which is, it's clear that ship finance and bank lending has changed beyond all recognition over the last 10 years. Uh, loan portfolios are reported to have dropped uh, up to you know, $10 billion in the last three years alone. Um, so in, in that context, you know, how have the, the traditional long-standing ship finance banks uh, adapted to, to the current market? Um, and has that been reactive or, or proactive? Uh, Vasilis, should we start with you on that? I think, I, I think it has been reactive. Uh, I think, well, it, it's clearly indicated by the, the fundamental uh, decrease in, in availability of, of bank financing that it has been reactive. It's uh, the portfolios that had been built up leading to the financial crisis were effectively unsustainable, unsustainable both from a uh, a return to, to the corresponding shareholders, uh, the, the pricings that were provided were unsustainable. The, the volume um, that was provided was, was equally as something that, that the corresponding banks could not support. And as a result, they, they, they had to shift models completely. With regards to uh, to where we are in terms of, and I think uh, that's why City has been here for over 60 years, and from a shipping point of view, we have been a, a franchise which is in excess of 70 years globally. Um, it's because we are corporate financiers which take uh, additional uh, security, if you wish, in the form of, of vessels. And that is something that we continue to do, and we, we did it uh, when when before the financial crisis and we're doing now. So I think, and I think it's probably where things are sort of changing, especially with BAL4 and multiple other things which reduce materially the capability of banks to, to, to um, reduce the risk capital that a corresponding loan uh, uh, is utilizing on the bank's balance sheet. So I think all in all, it was clearly active. They, maybe some, peop, some banks overshot and, and as a result created for some problems and for others opportunities. At the same point in time, I think, you know, for, at least with regards to our institution, we have be, always been consistent, consistent of never being an asset financier. And following up on that as well, I mean, one of the things that uh, obviously uh, Michael Parker from City had also mentioned is that, you know, he sees that uh, you know, potentially traditional bank finance will potentially disappear. It will become part of bigger projects involving corporate finance or larger energy projects. Is, is, that, is that something that you see as well, that it, it, uh, shipping is becoming part of a bigger piece? 
I think shipping has always been part of a bigger piece. I think uh, there was there will always be a need for uh, independent shipping operators, mm. uh, for which city will always be providing financing. At the same point in time, it is indeed the case that you know many uh, companies are continuously uh, becoming larger and larger part of larger projects, and as a result, financing of 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 those assets, those shipping assets, will will be taken into consideration together with the project as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you know what Michael was saying. Um, I, there will always be a need for uh, financing the corporates that operate in this space. Um, but you know, and as I, as I said before, that's 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 what we do. We do not finance. You know, if it's 50% LTV, does it work? No, it doesn't work if the corporate is, you know, as far as city is concerned. If for, for other banks which have a different mentality, maybe maybe that is the case, but that's who we are. And it kind of uh, brings us back to a, a, a slightly different point as well. And I mean, these days the, the market has changed considerably. I mean, what really is traditional bank ship finance these days? Um, I mean, you mentioned, you know, whether is, is it, uh, you know, Lower leverage, higher margins, bigger clients, uh, bigger deals. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that question open. Yeah, I think that's uh, to be defined for each bank by itself. Uh, every bank has a sweet spot. I think the the market as such is 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 is, is very large. I mean, we're talking about a volume of uh, an annual volume of 80 billion uh, US dollars of which between 55 and 60 billion each year is refinancing of, of, of balloons maturing uh, and, and, and 20 to 25 billion is new building uh, purely talking about uh, let's say traditional uh, shipping bank finance yes that's true uh, the, the share of uh, I think the share of senior loans uh, over the years has gone down quite a lot from about uh, 55% in the past to, uh, to to 40 now, but we're still talking about uh, huge numbers, and uh, I definitely definitely think there's a, a, a big space for, as you describe it, traditional shipping finance. Um, how that works in in, in in the model of each bank is, is different. I mean, Citibank has a different model than we have. Uh, I think we are a bit more hybrid. Uh, obviously, we look at, uh, at, the, at, at the corporate behind it, at the recourse, but we are also paying a lot of focus and attention on, uh, on, on, on the assets uh, we finance. And I think there is uh, obviously there's the, the, the tier one, the bigger, bigger listed large corporates, which all the banks are chasing against very, very low margins, uh, ho- hoping to do a bit of cross-selling, which is not always possible. Um, and there is, I think, in my opinion, a very interesting, uh, let's say, uh, layer uh, beyond that, the, the second tier, which in terms of risk um, is not necessarily worse, maybe sometimes even better. Um, and where the risk reward uh, is uh, a bit more attractive uh, for, at least for us as a bank. Um, if you look at the type of Companies we are financing is mainly family, family-owned and, uh, and 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 private companies, which is about 55% of our portfolio. Only 20 20% of the, the the companies we finance are listed and, and considered a bit larger corporates. Uh, so it's it's a, it's a different model. What I would like to add here is. Um 
two things. First of all, um, the traditional uh, bank financing is not per se defined by the level of uh, leverage or the terms that each bank provides. Uh, I think apart from the years 2002-2008 where we had seen extreme situations, the terms were not very different from what we see now. Secondly, we see a tendency towards corporatization of the companies and of the type of companies that the banks choose to finance. This is something, first of all, that has started a few years now. And secondly, it's something that is also derived by the upcoming regulations and determined by the new regulations. And uh, the last thing I want to add is that um, the traditional bank financing has to do not only with the terms that you obtain at the beginning, but at the service you get throughout the life of the loan. Because, uh, yes, it's important to, to, get, to derive the terms at the beginning, but then again, with uh, shipping being a cyclical industry, there will be inevitably some points in time where the loan uh, might need to be seen in a different way. Some restructuring need to be made. So I think the distinction for traditional bank financing or not has to do also with the way that uh, the banks uh, um, treat, let's say, and see and uh, address these issues until the, the end of the loan. And, and you mentioned an important point there on the, on the regulatory side, which you know, it's certainly something that is going to be uh, more at the fore in relation to the, the traditional banks. And I'll, I'll come back to you uh, on that as well. Um, but um, you know, one thing when we are now looking at uh, traditional finance, it's, it's interesting to see that even you know, at today's conference from years where you know, there has just been the one traditional bank finance uh, panel, we, we, you know, today we have three. We have a, uh, an alternative finance panel to follow this and uh, a new bank finance panel to, to follow that. So uh, that leads me then to the question of uh, competition. It seems, which uh, is, is hopefully a good thing, certainly for the Greek market, that there, there is, you know, there's a, there's a much wider kind of pick and mix of, of options. There's, you know, bank finance, private equity finance, you know, new smaller banks coming through, equity investments, joint ventures, sale and lease back, and, uh, you know, certainly the, the, the Chinese leasing that uh, certainly has a strong presence today. So, you know, how do the banks view this variety of options uh, and, you know, does that present more challenges or is that something that's helpful? Uh, I think it's, uh, it's very positive. It's, of course, positive for the shipping companies that they have more options. Uh, it's also positive for the risk profile of companies that there's more liquidity sources, that they're not just dependent on one bank or another of two banks and one of these banks falls away, so who's going to refinance? the balloons and we also see it in a way as an as an opportunity a business opportunity to help some of our clients go to the bond market go to the chinese leasing market or go to alter, alternative uh, sources of fund and all these sources they're not you know where the the sweet spot of most of the banks is they're kind of they all seem to have their own spot it's hardly ever that we're really competing for the same deal with these funds because they're either more expensive or the client wants to have a, an 80, 90% loan to value. Uh, so they're, they're not, they're supplementary. That's, that's a, that's a that you would see. I, I fully echo that. I do not consider uh, either the alternative finance or the, or the leasing houses or in any sort of way uh, competition. I mean, it's, it's, 
actually very positive that uh, those sources of funding are available to uh, the, the whole of the Greek shipping industry and the ship owners and also, you know, including our clients. So I think it's very positive and ultimately uh, do not consider them in any, in any shape or form competition. I think they're very welcome and ultimately the capital that they provide has been over the past few years extremely helpful. So to, to many companies that wanted to grow uh, when during the financial crisis or immediately after the financial crisis where there was no bank financing almost available. So I think it's great to see them here. It's great to see even more. And ultimately, if it works for the corresponding companies, then that's great. Ultimately, people have to do their calculations and, and figure out what they, what they need. I, so I welcome their, uh, their presence and, and the capital that they provide. And uh, as I said, not in any way, shape or form do I perceive them as competition. No, and I think to some extent in, in that way, there's probably been actually quite a lot of cooperation between a lot of the, the, the newer parties. Um, for example, where you know, leasing houses, private equity have gone for more structured deals that, that often you know, we are seeing more and more that there is, if you like, traditional bank finance behind that, putting a, a mortgage on the ship and perhaps, say, financing at least in the in the first counterparty stage, the you know the private equity firm on lending to shipping, or you know potentially the leasing house who then mortgages their vessel, is that something actually that you know almost seems to show a, a joining of forces and uh, and perhaps a, a, an adjustment of the traditional bank finance position that actually lending to a may, maybe a more institutional uh, investor is is something that. Uh, is, is, a, is a change. Is, is that something you've seen at all, Franz? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I can vouch for that. Uh, as you know, we work a lot with uh, PE houses. We work ar with around 50 to 60 different PE houses within our shipping and aviation platform. We try to cooperate as much as possible uh, with, um, uh, with Chinese leasing, our Chinese friends. Um, although they're extremely demanding on pricing, um, but okay. Um, we, we have done uh, quite, quite a number of uh, interesting uh, transactions uh, with them. Um, and same for with, with in, in Japan. Uh, we have a small outlet in, uh, in Tokyo and, and, and I think we are a bank which is extremely active in, uh, in, in Joko financing, arranging and introducing that to uh, our international clientele um, by, by putting that product together and uh, provide, uh, provide the debt and, and source the uh, equity. So I think it's indeed uh, all complementary uh, to each other. And Baron, is that something that you've seen as well, a lot, lot more cooperation with different types of parties to finance the shipping market? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, of course, private equity firms, not the private equity firm themselves, but their portfolio companies. Um, we also have been financing Nordic leasing, uh, leasing houses and, and we can finance um, kind of the Asian leasing houses, but as Franz said, like, they, they have also access to very cheap internal, sometimes intra-group uh, funding, so they, they usually go for, for cheaper sources. Um, now, move on slightly um, to be more specific to, I think, the Greek market. Uh, in, in 2018, Greek owners once again topped the rankings as the most active buyers in the second-hand market. Um, 
how do banks view the continued level of investment, fleet expansion, and, and renewal by Greek owners? Um, certainly, you know, this is something that we, I would ordinarily expect to, to be, be helpful, and, and certainly in terms of specifically being able to lend more to the Greek market, uh, presumably this is something that uh, you know, is, is quite key. As a, as a Greek, uh, I'll, I'll comment, uh, long may it continue, and uh, it's, it's extremely, you know, one is very proud for the achievements of the, uh, the Greek uh, ship owners and, and, and what they achieve on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, the fact that they have managed to do what they have done and to continue to grow in in the face of all this adversity, um, you know, uh, an amazing achievement. With regards, as a as a shipping financier, I would say that overordering is not something that uh, that uh, you know ultimately in most occasions with with very specific. Uh, examples which have been the opposite, which we have seen a collapse in demand. In most occasions, shipping cycles are driven by by oversupply. So, um, the 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 Greek shipping um, facts, which is the largest commercial fleet, and ultimately the growth that we continue to see uh, year after year, it's it's something that uh, it's. Should, should make everyone in this room extremely proud and, and longer may continue. Okay. Um, what I wanted also to add is that um, I agree totally with Vasilis. Uh, we view that very positively. Uh, obviously, overordering is not uh, something that has helped uh, the shipping markets throughout, but um, apart from increasing the fleets, uh, we consider that there is a need to renew part of the existing fleet in order to be prepared for the new regulations to support the new environmental uh, concept and uh, this is something that is uh, viewed very positively specifically by ABN who has a very marked focus on the sustainability Mm. side. No, and certainly, you know, part of the, the focus on fleet renewal has been, you know, certainly to address those those aspects, and as well as the regulatory aspects for for, for shipping and Greek shipping. Obviously, there, there's been certainly larger expenses, scrubbers being a, a hot topic as well. Um, but going to that point, in terms of whether you know we're talking about more. Uh, our environmental concerns. Um, there's certainly a lot more regulation than there, there ever, ever used to be. And I think that's probably most acute uh, in, in the banking sector. So there, there will certainly be the kind of the, the finance regulations, ECB regulation, Basel IV, uh, and these types of things. But then that's also combined with, in effect, shipping regulation. Um, so it almost seems to be a double whammy of, uh, of regulation in that sense. So uh, deny. Uh, it is indeed the case that uh, we are in a, um, in a point in time where both banks are faced with increasing regulations, uh, increased supervisory from the from the from ECB. Uh, this is uh, going to affect a lot not only the asset capacity of the side, of the banks, but uh, we may see new strategies, uh, new impl- implementation of new systems, etc. At the same time, the companies need to. Uh, to uh, apply the new upcoming uh, IMO regulations and they need to adapt to that. 
I think uh, shipping is entering into a new era where all stakeholders will need to reevaluate their strategic directions. Uh, some even take uh, a new direction. ABN AMRO believes that uh, sustainability is going to play a very big role, if not the most important role for the, within this new era. Um, but uh, what is uh, to say is that um, we are now in an era of a lot of challenges, but challenges do not only mean new problems, uh, challenges uh, can create new opportunities. Uh, so the increased regulation that we see now to the banks uh, might lead to more efficient operations, better control and inevitably stronger and financially healthier institutions. At the same time, uh, the new environmental regulations, uh, we, will, we might see new products and new financing opportunities. Uh, what, uh, from the side of ABN, we have uh, sustainability ranking very high in the priorities of the bank. It's one of the bank's strategic pillars. The bank is uh, taking initiatives on that front for a number of years now. Uh, what we would like to do going forward and we intend to do is to work more closely with the companies and with our clients uh, in order not only to increase awareness on this topic but also to help uh, our clients materialize their investment strategies, their sustainable investment strategies. Um, as uh, the clock starts to, to tick, I usually do like to kind of try and finish on a, on, on a positive note uh, after a, a bank finance panel discussion, which over the last few years has been a bit more difficult than I would have liked. But uh, seeing that today's a sunny day and uh, clouds are always around the corner, I'll ask a, a slightly tougher question. Um, the, the, you know, you, you've mentioned some of the regulatory issues and certainly the, there's always things around the corner that uh, seem to be the, the threat for the next 10 years. So, you know, at, at this point in time, there's nationalism, protectionism, the Trump effect, Brexit, trade wars, real wars, uh, sanctions, cryptocurrency. You know, what is the next biggest threat to, to traditional bank finance? And uh, I'll throw that open to the panel. On that cheery note... Who wants to take that one? <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I, I, look, all, all of these things, you know, we, we have been faced over, uh, over the past few years with unbelievable challenges, and both our clients and every bank here has, has faced them. So I don't believe that any of these sort of... It, some things you will need to adjust. You need to adjust. There are winners and losers in, in change, when, when change happens. At the same point in time, I think if there is one thing that is, you know, I, I think uh, potentially there to, to create major issues for traditional shipping finance and bank portfolios is over-ordering. I don't see all the other things that have been mentioned as something that potentially creates something that is unsolvable. Uh, the, the, the element of over-ordering and effectively killing off markets uh, is on the back of being driven by fundamentally the actions of the clients of the banks, I think that is a different story. Yeah, which, is, which is interesting and to some extent probably a theme of, of the last 10 years that, you know, overordering, um, oversupply has, has been probably one of the biggest issues and seems to, to remain that way. Yeah, I think for us, I mean, uh, all you say is right. I mean, those are market input, market forces. But for us, especially for a smaller bank, I think the, 
the technology changes, the, the IT, the fintech, which, which, which is extremely important, but for a smaller bank uh, is quite difficult to, uh, to, 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 yeah, to, to be up to speed uh, to that. Um, I think personally what I find the, the, the biggest threat and, and where there's still a lot of improvement uh, possible, especially here in Greece, is, uh, is, on, is on transparency. Um, and then it caters a little bit back to the discussion on, uh, on, on regulators. Um, I think nowadays, um, and, and we, I've seen uh, quite a bit of improvement over the last few years uh, in terms of transparency, I mean financial transparency, um, but there's still a, a way to go, especially in the segment what I described earlier, uh, and that will make our lives and ultimately also the life, lives of the, our clients uh, much easier, maybe even by uh, lower margins. And I think probably one of the, the, the more positive things to take from it is that, uh, you know, after 10 years, I think all of the banks on the panel are still here. So uh, I think that's, that's probably testament to, to sticking with it and certainly, you know, something that is, is good for the Greek market. That's what I was going to say, that the, uh, the four banks in the panel have survived, not the last 10 years, but they have survived the freziness of the previous decade. So I think uh, what is important is to remember the lessons of the past. And uh, challenges will always be there. Threats will always be there. That's how the world is. But I think if we always uh, remember what was done wrong and try to avoid it in the future, we will all continue to be around. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, one, uh, I think as, as uh, time is now uh, against us, I think uh, if if there are any uh, quick questions from the audience, I'll, I'll throw it to the floor. Okay. In which case, we won't throw it to the floor. And uh, just give me one last chance to thank each of our panelists and also Nicholas again, and I'll hand back. Thank you very much.